Good morning, y'all. I missed the countdown, I guess. I can't see it. But we're so excited to have all of you here. If you smile at me, relieve some tension here. <laughs> um, but we would like to thank all of you for coming. Thank you if you're, if you're watching online. If you need a prayer request, just put it down in the down in the comments on Facebook and someone will get back to you. Um, we have, if you're new, if you fill out a connect card so we could get back to you and uh, have an announcement that uh, the children's party that was for today, sorry children, it's been canceled because of the weather, but they will have it, we promise, okay? I don't know about y'all, but to this week has been a really rough week for me. The devil has beaten me. I was so tired. We had been to Texas and buried our friend, our dear friend, Ralph. And then we had to go to Alabama and bury my brother-in-law, Ralph. I hope you're not named Ralph. <laughs> but um, it's been really tough. And then I had to go in and work in my little room, and um, I didn't want to be there. That was the last place I wanted to be. So I thought, well, I'll just flip the, flip the fountain on, and maybe that'll help my spirit. And when I did, there was like 10 little birds came when they heard that water. And they just, it was just such a joy to watch them frolic in that water and they were bathing and they were drinking and they were playing and it's like Jesus said Donna come enjoy my water come enjoy my living water when I turned that fountain on and they heard it it became living he said come and sit with me come and enjoy the, wa the water that I have to offer for you so I plugged in my phone and I started listening to my music and I listened to the Gaither boys. I'm at Gaither Trio a lot. And one of them was The River. And then the next one was I Bow Down. And oh my, the spirit came and filled the room, filled my soul. Later on, I went to, to read my devotion. And the devotion was, this is how God works. The devotion was, Everyone who drinks from water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that, that I give will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water that I give, will, I give him will not come from a well, but water springing up with, with him for eternal life. The fact, problem was I had let the devil just beat me down. And I wasn't drinking from God's living water. So today, let's get our minds all off of all of our problems. And when we're singing, let's think about that living water and about Jesus, who we're really here for today. We're praising him, and he deserves all of our praise. We, uh, if you remember... Ray Owen spent several Wednesday nights here with us sharing his beautiful pictures of the Holy Land in Jerusalem. So we want to sing this song in, in his honor. Ray Owens, here is Rivers of Babylon. Mm -hmm. 
Beside the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our harps, hanging them on the branches of poplar trees. For our captors demanded a song from us. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn. Sing us one of those songs of Jerusalem. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a pagan land? I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength.
next selection this morning, if you will rise and join with us, is a beautiful, beautiful song. It says, I worship you, Almighty God. And that's why we came here today, wasn't it? To worship our Almighty God. There is none like you. one that we learned when Brother Neil was here. And I think it has a beautiful, beautiful message. Speak, O Lord, for thy servant heareth. Yeah. 
just grasp the heights of your plans for us. Truth unchanged from the dawn of time that will echo down through eternity. And by grace we'll stand on your promises and by faith we'll walk as you walk with us. Speak, O Lord, till your church is built and the earth is filled with your glory. sort of makes you want to get up and go with them, don't it? <laughs> um, we just want to remember our state today. Um, poor Louisiana gets hit pretty hard, doesn't it? You have to, have to just think about those people that, you know, have COVID or sick and they're having to evacuate. And it's hard. It's tough. Um, we have lots of prayer requests. Um, prayer, Alton Cooper, which is Linda's dad, Joe and Terry Crawford have COVID, and I think Amy and, um, you know, her other half, Ken, have it also. And Ken McConnell, uh, Jerry Crane, his situation, Afghanistan, that was one of the things that just got to me this week. All the COVID, um, earthquakes in Haiti, and I, Kazoko. Sorry. God knows who I'm talking about. The flooding in Tennessee, uh, Jenna Sosa, our military, our health workers, our shut-ins. And if uh, there's, uh, and Marlon Mitchell is having uh, skin cancer surgery. No, he had it last Saturday. No glasses. Um, if you have a bulletin that you want in the Sunday, pa Sunday papers, in the Sunday bulletin there you go just call the office Priscilla will be glad to put it in there it's 323-2982 uh, and if you want a text prayer chain going on through the week you call uh, Karen Oldham her uh, phone number is 575-6444-8667 and uh, let's just bow our heads and pray for this for Brother Scott before he comes this morning and for our service and for the situations we're going through now. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you with love, admiration, respect, glory. You know our hearts, Lord. Sometimes we forget who you are. For a minute, we forget, we get our eyes off of you, Lord. But help us to return 
our eyes on you and focus because we know without a shadow of a doubt you've got everything in control. We may lose a few battles here and there, but we do win the war. And we're so gracious, Lord, for what you've done for us. We thank you so much for dying on the cross for us. We just love and love you so much. Thank you. We just ask that you give Brother Scott the message, the words that we have. Help us to receive them, Lord, and carry them out through the week. And we just thank you. Amen. Uh, now I'm supposed to introduce Brother Scott, but I don't think anyone needs an introduction. This is Rebecca's husband, by the way. <laughs> I've been introduced that way a lot of times. <laughs> hey, I'm um, sorry to hear how you and James had such a stormy week, but thank you for sharing that. I think it's encouraging us to hear how uh, God helps us in our dark times, in our stormy times, and He's there for us. And I think that's a big part of why we assemble and why we come together on Sundays is just to help each other to remember to remember uh, what God is for us and what he's done for us and um, the victory that we have in him and the hard times, how we can get through them uh, with God. And so we're grateful to be able to be here, thankful to be able to share uh, stories like that and encourage each other in it. How are you all this morning? Good? All right. Well, it's good to be here with you again. You know, over the last several Sundays, we've, uh, we've looked into God's word. We've considered the kingdom, right? We've been talking about a lot about the kingdom. Jesus had a lot to say about it. Uh, and most of what he had to say about it went contrary to what his disciples had thoughts about it. Uh, we've seen that there's a kingdom of darkness and there's God's kingdom. Uh, as we place our trust in Jesus, wow, what a difference that makes. We're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We're made alive in Christ. We're brought from death to life. Sin no longer has mastery over us, we read in Romans. So that we serve the flesh, which leads to death, of course. But now we're slaves to God. or slaves to righteousness, another translation says, which has a completely different outcome. And that outcome is eternal life. Scripture tells us that we've, been, uh, we've read a couple times over the last uh, month or so that we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to God's kingdom. That's good news. Praise the, we can praise the Lord for that. As citizens of God's kingdom, we've been called to be His ambassadors, ambassadors of Christ, to, and to carry out the ministry of reconciliation in this world that we're living in. We uh, studied the last week or two about being sober. We're to be sober in spirit and be on the alert because what? There's a devil. There's an adversary prowling around us. And he, he uh, seeks to destroy us. That's his goal. Uh, he would really like to convince us to abandon this life of service to God and revert back to serving him. So let's remember this morning that we've been freed from enslavement to sin, and now we have the freedom to choose to follow God. 
and to serve him. And God has provided a way of rescue for us through Jesus so that we're no longer bound by sin and destined to the death that it brings. This is our salvation. And Jesus is our Savior. But Jesus is to be more than our Savior. Out of gratitude, I guess is the best word I can think of for it, out of, out of gratitude for what He's done for us, we also humbly submit to Him and make Him our Lord. As citizens born into God's kingdom, Jesus is King. Jesus is King and we, His grateful servants, submit to Him. So do we serve Him? How do we serve Him? You might say, oh, I thought I'd been free. <laughs> I thought I'd been set free. You're saying I have to serve still? Romans 6, 20 through 22 tells us that we've been set free to serve. We're no longer slaves to sin, like I mentioned already, which leads to death, but we're now slaves to God, which leads to life. Might seem confuse, confusing to you. 1 Peter 2.16 says, Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Live as servants of God. So we're free from keeping the law as a way of earning our salvation, but out of our gratitude for our free salvation, we serve God. Some of you uh, might remember Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan singing, Gotta Serve Somebody. Anybody remember that song? Gotta Serve Somebody. It says, you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. And I can't say it like Bob Dylan does. He's got his own way. It says, well, it, might, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Now, I don't expect you to consider Dylan to be a theologian <laughs> or uh, someone that we can depend on for godly truths. But he's on to something here, isn't he? You are going to have to serve somebody. Choose life. Choose to serve God. Not only accept Jesus as your Savior, but also make Him your Lord and serve Him with your life. We've been brought from death to life, in, born into God's kingdom, yet we're still here in this world. Why? Do you ever wonder why we couldn't have just been transported as soon as we received Christ, as soon as we were saved, just been transported directly to heaven to live gloriously with our Lord forever and ever and ever? Why are we still here? I think it has something to do with serving, to serve. You probably caught on by now that the topic of the sermon this morning is servanthood. I've titled the sermon, Get Your Serve On. You might have seen that in the, in the, uh, the word Miss Donna struggled over, the bulletin. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm struggling over it too. Right, what is that piece of paper called? Yeah, the bulletin. So it's got, uh, yeah, so our title, Get Your Serve On. Now you may have heard someone say they're going to church to get their praise on, right? You might have even heard, uh, I'm going to prove how I'm out of touch with the vernacular of today. 
But uh, back in the 90s, you might have heard someone say when they go to the gym, they're going to get their swole on. Some of y'all heard that one? Okay, I'm saying how, how, I'm, uh, <laughs> how I'm out of touch with the, uh, the new uh, language. But how about getting our serve on? Getting in the practice of serving. Getting busy serving. In uh, tennis and in volleyball, you know, and table tennis or whatever, you serve, right? And um, getting practice, getting practice in our serving. What about in serving the Lord? Getting our serve on in that. Let's get some practice in that. Are we ready to do that? Service. Service. What do you think of when that word is used? Service. Maybe military service or public service. A term of service. Community service. A worship service. We're here, right? In a worship service. Maybe uh, lip service. Ooh. Counter service, table service, customer service. Service with a smile, right? A service station. Can I get some service? <laughs> you know, we might have said that before. And as my uh, junior high PE teacher taught us when we were uh, in learning volleyball, she said, every time you get ready to serve, yell, service, you know, and you get ready and you'd serve it. So service, what are we talking about here today? Let's look at some definitions. Serve, serve to be a slave or a servant. Servitude, the state of being a slave or completely subject to someone. And service, the condition of a slave, the occupation or function of serving. Another definition is a helpful act. Or this one might be something we're used to in the, um, in the marketplace, service. A useful labor that does not produce a tangible commodity, such as saying, I was charged for a professional service. A lawn service, for example, something like that. Service. Scripture has much to say about service. I've chosen Romans 12, verse 1 as our key, key verse for this morning. But we'll also get to some other passages a little later. But let's get into Romans 12, 1. Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God... To present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Your spiritual service of worship. Let's talk about worship. Worship is respect, honor, reverence, devotion paid to a divine being or God. Respect, honor, reverence, devotion paid to a divine being, God. So our service of worship, we might could say, is our, if we go with the definition we read of service earlier, occupation or function or act of showing respect, honor, reverence, and devotion to God. Our service of worship. So I know these are a lot of words and you don't have anything to go by on the screen to follow along with me. But I'll try to um, hone in on it. Our service of worship, it's a response. It's a response to who God is and what He's done for us. 
our service of worship. We serve Him in response to His love and His mercy to us. We don't do deeds of service to gain His attention, to try to convince Him to love us, try to um, persuade Him by doing deeds to give us mercy and to bless us. No, our service of worship to Him is a response to who He is and what He's done for us already. A lot of people have that backward, thinking that you have to do certain things to perform a certain way, to work, to gain God's attention, His nod of approval, His favor, His love. Really, most religions are like that, but not Christianity. God is in pursuit of us. God is in pursuit of us to make our relationship right with Him, to be together with Him as He intended. Jesus came to seek and to save. Jesus accomplished His mission of taking the sin of the world upon Himself. He's the sacrificial lamb. He defeated death. He provided a way of salvation to all who would trust in Him. It's a free gift. It's a free gift to those who will accept it by faith. No one has to and no one can earn it through performing deeds of service. So let's get that right. These acts of service, this service of worship is not something we do to try to earn God's love for us or to earn His favor or blessings. Our service happens when we come to understand, when we somehow can wrap our mind around the idea of who God is and what He's done for us, then in response to that, we serve. We serve. We become His servant in gratitude and reverence and honor and devotion. I think it might be helpful for us to, to think in terms of becoming a servant instead of serving. And why, why might that help us? Because in saying I'm becoming a servant, it implies an all-in approach. It's not just picking and choosing what acts of service you might accomplish, what, what service, service projects, if you might want to use that word, that you might could do. But you're becoming a servant of God, which means you're, you're all in. You're all in. It's not just something that you choose to do out of your own will to do a service here or do a service there. The scripture we read in Romans is talking about offering our bodies as a sacrifice. A living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is acceptable to God. You know, in the Old Testament, the sacrifices offered were dead, right? They were killed animals. But Jesus, He's already satisfied that for us. He's already satisfied that sacrifice for us. Our sacrifice is a living sacrifice. It's not to earn God's favor, like I said already, but it's our response to God's favor that He's already shown us. The grace that He's shown us. His unmerited favor toward us. Grace. So, we serve God because of not in order to. 
We serve God because of who He is and what He's done. So what's a living sacrifice look like? What does that mean? To give our bodies, our life, in service to God. Daily laying aside our own personal desires to follow Him. That's a lot to swallow. Putting all our energy and resources at His disposal. Becoming His servants. His servants. It basically means dying to self, right? Dying to self and humbly submitting ourselves to the service of God. Becoming a servant like Jesus did. Realizing my life is not my own and submitting to the Lordship of Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought for a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. So how are we doing at serving? When I look around, when I look around here, I see a lot of servants' hearts. I see uh, a lot of people who are sacrificing their lives for the sake of the kingdom and serving their Lord. I see that when I look at you. I see that. But you have to look within yourself and ask God to show you if you are serving, if you have become His servant as He desires. What does it look like to serve in God's kingdom? What does Jesus have to say about the subject? Do you remember um, in Mark, I think it's in the two or three of the Gospels, maybe Matthew and Luke also, uh, but we read about when um, the mother of James and John approached Jesus and he, she was requesting a special position for her sons in the kingdom. Remember that? And uh, Jesus took the opportunity to, dis to teach his disciples a little about God's kingdom here and how it was different than what they might have expected. So, Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 through 28 says, Jesus called them together and said, talking about the disciples, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man, now he's putting it back on himself and showing how he's the example here. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus came to earth to what? To serve. Not to be served, as you would expect a king, not to be served, but to serve. In the kingdom of God, Jesus is teaching us here, serving is where it's at. Serving is where it's at. Another passage uh, in Mark chapter 9, we see in a few places in Scripture, we see the disciples had questions of who would be the greatest in the kingdom. We read in Mark 9 that one day on the way to Capernaum, 
They were discussing among themselves which one of them was the greatest. Can you believe that? Overhearing their arrogant conversation, Jesus didn't respond like maybe we would or whatever with rebuke, but he took another opportunity here to teach them about the kingdom and about serving. And we'll read from Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 35. Jesus given us a little more teaching here about servanthood and about the kingdom. Verse 33. They came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he began to question them. What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had discussed with one another which of them was the greatest. So they were embarrassed, I guess, about what they'd been talking about. And sitting down, he called the twelve and said, and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. If anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Jesus was teaching that the way to greatness, the important thing in the kingdom, is humbly serving others. Humbly serving others. Listen to this quote uh, that I found from uh, Precept Ministries concerning this dialogue that Jesus had with them. They say, while they had been discussing who was the greatest among them, Jesus was living it out right before their very eyes. He fed thousands, healed who knows how many, cast out demons and washed the feet of the ones who were fighting for a VIP seat in the kingdom of heaven. That's true, isn't it? Jesus was all about serving. He loved people. And that love turned into service. Even though he's the king, he came not to be served, but to serve. And he's the greatest example of a servant. He put love in action and served even to the point of death. We read the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians. This will be a familiar passage to you. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8, Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to describe how Jesus was, and we can learn from this who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. This is the NIV. You might be following along in a different translation. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of what? Of a servant. The very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus is the greatest example for us of a servant. So how about us? How about us? Are we known for our humility, like we read about here? Are we known for our servant's heart? 
As believers, God's love in our hearts and our love for God is not just a, a fuzzy emotion. It's something that will compel us to action. Because we love, because we love God, we demonstrate that love through service. Through service. The act of serving others becomes the act of making His love known to others. 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So put our love into action. And that's what service looks like. That's what being a servant looks like. So let's show some love by getting our serve on. Let's consider real quickly in closing a couple ways we can serve. One, serve one another. Serve one another. It's obvious that God loves His creation. He loves people. And we can live out our spiritual service of worship, like Romans said. We can serve God by serving people. By serving people. I know a lot of you are excellent at that. You're great servers. You're great servants. Galatians 5.13 says, To serve one another in love. Galatians 6.10 says we should help people whenever we can. So to start serving other people, we can do good to heed Paul's words that I just read in Philippians. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. When we do that, we're going to be looking to serve others. We're going to be looking... Not at our own interest, but at the interest of others and how we might conserve them. In other words, get the focus off myself and try to see people around me and how I might be able to love them and by loving them, serve them. Look for opportunities to serve. So what's this look like in real life? It could be different in my life than in your life, depending on the situation. In Jesus' situation, He was... Casting out demons and healing the sick and feeding multitudes of hungry people. It might look a little different for us in our everyday life, right? But we can still find ways to lovingly serve people. Especially if we determine to be intentional about looking for opportunities that God might bring up to us each day of how we might serve someone. Maybe our neighbor. How can we serve our neighbor? I mean, just throw out a couple things. Maybe, maybe they don't have a car. <laughs> maybe you can give them a ride to the doctor or a ride to the grocery store. Or maybe uh, they have trouble finding someone to help watch their kids. Maybe you could volunteer to help watch their kids or their pets. No, we've got great neighbors that have done that for us <laughs> along the years. Serve your neighbor. How about serving your coworker? Could be something as simple as bringing up, picking up lunch for them or... or um, Covering a shift so they can go take care of their sick child. Or maybe if they're sick themselves, maybe visiting them or bringing them a meal. I know y'all do things like that. I've seen you in action. I've seen how you serve. I'm grateful that you do. Ways to serve in our daily lives. How about our spouse? How can we serve our spouse? Could just be helping around the house. Right? Maybe taking some workload off of them. Um, maybe sharing in some, in some work in that. 
Or it could be making them a special meal or a special coffee that they like or whatever it is. You know, serve, serve our spouse. Maybe it could be giving them a nice massage or a foot rub. If you do that, you're really going to have to be doing what Paul said and be thinking of them and not yourself. <laughs> right? right? Okay, I'm, I'm getting into, uh, I'm going down a rabbit trail here. But ways that we can practically, things that we can do to serve others, our neighbors, our coworkers, our spouse, our family members, whatever it is, don't do it out of selfish ambition, but be thinking of them above yourself. And secondly, we can serve others, serve one another, and we can serve the church. Serve the church. We've been talking about this on Wednesday nights a lot, right? Those of you who've been coming on Wednesday, we've been talking about the church, how the church is the people of God, the believers assembled together. It's one body of many parts. And what makes the church so great is that it's God's church and that He gives each member, each part of the body, spiritual gifts to help make the body function as He intends it to. God's given us spiritual gifts through the Holy Spirit to prepare us for the works of service. Ephesians 4 says, So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And it goes on with more about that. But there's other scriptures in Romans and in 1 Peter talking about just being a part of the church and how we all have to come together and do our part and serve the church. The Holy Spirit has enabled us with something that we can use to serve the church and work together. The purpose of that is to strengthen the body so that we can properly present Christ to the world around us. And I'm repeating a lot of things that I've said on Wednesday nights the last few weeks, so forgive me for that. But serve the church. So I'm going to close today with our key verse again, Romans 12:1. Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship when we think about all that God's done for us presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice is the appropriate response would you agree when we live sacrificially like this we're humbling ourselves like Paul said we're taking the focus off of ourselves and thinking of others. We're giving up rights to ourselves and surrendering our all. We're putting ourselves in the position to live in a way like Jesus exemplified, the life of a servant, a servant in God's kingdom. Service like this is worship to God. And this is our spiritual service of worship. So how about it? Let's get our serve on. I'm going to ask the uh, musicians to come forward as we get ready to close. I want to pray for us as they do. Dear God, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for our opportunity to share it with each other, to get into it and see what you have to say about servanthood. 
God, uh, we're thankful that we've been freed from the enslavement that sin had on our life. And now we have the freedom to choose to follow you, to serve you, to be your servant. God, we know and we believe what Scripture says, that leads to life, to eternal life. God, we're grateful for how you've given us life. And God, uh, we want to serve you to the best of our ability. God, help us to be intentional about seeing, looking for opportunities of how to serve you each day by serving people around us. God, uh, give us eyes to see that. Give us a willing heart to put it into action. God, I pray that you'll just bless this church through the way that they're serving you by serving people. God, I pray that you'll help us to understand the way you've gifted each of us and give us just a calling on us personally, each one of us, to put that gift into practice and to serve the church. God, we want to see your church built up. When we do, we know you will be represented to the world around us. We'll shine your light into the darkness. We'll be your hands and feet to the community around us. God, help us to serve the church. God, we're thankful for Jesus and his great example of servanthood. God, help us to look to that and be like him. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Won't you stand with us, please, as we join together singing, Speak, Lord, for thy servant here.
Today we're continuing the Servant Sunday that Neil started years ago. Today we are honoring Larry Worsham for his many years of faithful service and sharing of his talent with our church. Larry is always in the sound booth taking care of our sound. He also takes care of sound at funerals, weddings, and other special services in our sanctuary and fellowship hall. One of the other things Larry does as a volunteer includes his professional, using his professional announcer voice to do readings, such as the scripture before the praise team song this morning. You may not be aware of other things. For many years, Larry made audio recordings of our Sunday service for shut-ins and anyone else wanting a copy. He has changed batteries in our alarm system sensors and is our personal and our personal sound amplifiers. Changed light switches, purchased and installed a new keypad for the alarm system, programmed our thermostats, worked on our sound equipment wire and wiring, set up and programmed office computers and monitors and other equipment, and he searches the internet for best prices when we need to order repair and maintenance supplies. When a piece of equipment is old and not working properly, and someone suggests we should get a replacement, Larry's favorite reply is, we don't need a new one. This one only needs to be repaired. <laughs> uh, many of you remember when Larry sang bass in a quartet with Dennis Anger, Dwight and Nancy Boozer, and in another group with Dennis Anger, Ken Butts, and Dwight Boozer. And Priscilla played the piano for for both groups. And then in prior years to that, Larry sang bass and Priscilla played piano for a quartet called the Travelers. This group had their own bus and traveled to sing in surrounding cities and states. The Travelers recorded two professionally produced records. One of the record jackets can be seen on the screen because we could not find a, another picture of Larry to use. And also, we, um, we had wanted to um, have a recording, uh, and, but we would have had to talk to him about putting it in the machine, and so that, I don't think that has happened. So uh, watch the screens now. Greetings to all my brothers and sisters in Christ there at Cypress Street Church of God. Today I want to honor and salute a special brother of mine, Brother Larry Warson, truly a servant in the sound booth. You know, beginning back in about 1996, and ever since then, I've watched Brother Larry in action. Every service he strives to maximize the spiritual enrichment and the enjoyment of everyone who comes to these doors of Cypress Street Church of God, whether it be a special service or a regular Sunday service. Uh, he also makes sure that the people up on the platform, the speakers, singers, musicians, are all comfortable with their sound and that they know what they're doing and, and uh, the sound carries out well. Uh, Larry has donated, I'm not telling how many hours of practices with quartets, trios, solos, whatever, making sure that he manages the mics well, soundtracks, and he's a professional blending voices, instruments, harmonies. He's just the best at making the best sound possible. Uh, Larry's fun to work with. He has lots of stories he's fun to work with. I just love Brother Larry, and I appreciate this humble serving the sound booth. I salute him, and I love you very much. Thank you. 
Hello, Larry. Hi. Hello. We want to call and congratulate you on your ministry of sound and the faithfulness with which you performed this for the many years, particularly when we were there as pastor. And we thank you so much the way you assisted in the services to blend and filter the sound as it should be, the volume, so that everything would work together well in the service. That's all for everything. And particularly also for revivals and conferences. And thank you for that support that whenever we needed your help, the sound on special services in our midweek times, that you were always there. If we had a problem, you knew the answer and you were able to work it out. So we really were sometimes in a lurch when something would happen electronically and you had the, the know-how to get that resolved and we thank you so much and we just want to wish you the best in your continued years and we thank you for you and your family together that have worked with us and that particularly we thank you for the times that we were encouraged in our ministry of music with singing with the different groups and the time that you gave for that as as well as uh, taping and preparing tapes and CDs that we could use, take with us. Uh, CDs that not only were uh, for sound, but CDs that were of our families. Thank you for the way you were always very supportive in that to us. And we love and appreciate you. And our prayers continue with you and you and your family and the work of the church. God bless you and many years to come yet of your service to help and assist as you have with people in the church. Not only with sound, but times that you made calls on people, visiting them, supporting them, and affirming us even after the service of what happened in that service. And we appreciate that spirit. We love you and thank you so much for the encouragement that you gave to our lives over the years that we were with you and your family. And I just want to say thank you too, Larry, for the times when I was serving with the choir. And you always were there to help us, willing to help us with taping and with the sound, and even when we ask you to share in readings to be in our singings and the choir specials, and I appreciate you for everything. Thank you. And Love as you. well as the the readings that you did for the services at times in Scripture and other readings were done for special events. Thank you. We appreciate you so much. Love you. Love you, buddy. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Goodbye. Larry, we thank you, and we, as a church, have a gift for you. If you'll come on down. Sorry. We <laughs> I was fortunate enough when we came many years ago that um, to get to be in a um, Christmas party setting with Larry and Dwight Boozer. And if you've never heard their stories, you've missed out. Larry's got stories. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Larry. I didn't see this coming. Good. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> we do appreciate Larry. We appreciate all of our people that are servants, and we right now, sure enough, appreciate Scott and Rebecca. 
Don't think that we don't know the sacrifice that you're giving to our church, and we appreciate it. And um, there's one more, I'd like something else. I'm not trying to take away from Larry at all, but um, I'm married to a true servant. I, um, I, we were going to a birthday party this week and we had to stop and get gas. And I was sitting in the car and I noticed this woman and she was circling the gas pumps. And it was a big, had several pumps and she kept, she circled about three times. And I thought, mm -hmm, I know what she's after. And she zoomed in on him. The gas pumps were full. And she zoomed in on him. And she said, I need gas. So he filled her car with gas. But, and um, he's a good man. <laughs> I could give him to you sometimes, but he's mine. <laughs> <laughs> And today's his birthday. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> but we do appreciate y'all coming. It's so good to see your faces out there. And if um, you're listening online, we welcome you back. We love you. We appreciate, we will respect your distance. Our, you know, if you feel a lot better than social distance, we'll, we'll respect that. Just let us know. But we do appreciate you. Um, and let's dismiss with prayer and go to circles. Our Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for your time together. We thankful, we're thankful for our church with a servant heart. We really do have some good people in this church, Lord, and we thank you for leading us here. We just ask that we take our sermon that, that Brother Scott gave us and that we go out and just serve other people, not for our sakes, Lord, but for yours to reach other people. We ask this in your holy name. Amen.